This week on Overtime, we celebrate Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Make sure you like or subscribe. Let's get it. Welcome to Center City Overtime, a weekly podcast where we take a little more time to dive into Sunday's message. And this week, happy Easter. I'm, I'm super excited, more excited than normal. I love Easter. I love Easter too. And I just thought it would be fun because it is a holiday to talk a little bit about how we celebrated Easter maybe growing up yeah. other times. So start with growing up. What was Easter like for you as a kid? A lot of, uh, lot of frilly dresses and hot curling irons. Uh, not for me personally. Cause <laughs> I was I would, about to say. That'd be strange. <laughs> but um, when we grew up, um, Easter was a big deal. Easter Sunday was a big deal. So, you know, mom would normally have some kind of Easter basket ready for us when we woke up and then we would be preparing to go to church and church was like an all day event and I loved it. I remember even as a kid loving the, the pageantry of Easter. It's like mm -hmm. everybody brought their best dresses. That's where all of the frills came from. My sister's frilly dresses and curling irons because I remember the, the kind of the panic nature of getting ready on Easter morning. Uh, the smell of my mom making coffee and getting everybody prepped to go to church. Um, so yeah, it, it's always been a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. I think even now, I, there's, I just, I'm enamored with the idea that we, we uh, worship a God who's alive, but not only is he alive, but he brings dead things to life. Like he provides that life for mm -hmm. others. So, I mean, I don't wanna get too deep into it, but that's, that's, that's Easter morning for me. Um, so it's not like Christmas morning. Christmas morning, <clears throat> as much as I love it, uh, feels very prepping the family, getting gifts ready, and I love it. I, I love Easter, uh, Christmas, but Easter feels very much like the community of mm -hmm. God, and it feels like the church celebrating in just, I don't know, I, I just love it. Yeah. What I about too. you? I am. Um... Well, the, the first thing that came to mind, my very first Easter, I believe was the day I went home from the hospital after being born. I was born on Good Friday, which I think is part of why I just love this week because I just, God made me to appreciate symbolism and then he allowed me to be born on the day that we celebrate the life offered to us through the sacrifice of Jesus's death and then like to get to go home yeah. on the day that we celebrate his victory over death. Um, but I think about growing up we went to a church where you had to like, my dad would have to go at like seven in the morning to stand outside the door to wait to get a seat for us at 845. And like, if you weren't there by eight, like there was no chance that you were even gonna be able to get into the building wow, on yeah. Easter. So those mornings were a little bit stressful. Like we had Easter baskets, but a lot of it was like, make sure you're ready. We gotta get out the door. Like we weren't trying to go with my dad. Um, but he was often there early. And so as soon as we were old enough, we switched to going to the midnight service the night before Easter, which was actually at 10 o'clock, but they called it the midnight service. And I remember always enjoying that. And the pastor would always make the same joke that, you know, good for you for coming tonight because the people who come tomorrow morning, he's already out of the grave. Like <laughs> he's joke. not there. And um, I know I, I still love it. If we ever, if we ever do a Saturday night service, I will probably make that joke. So get excited. Saturday midnight. <laughs> I mean, sure. It can be at 10. <laughs> um, and so that became just a really cool thing. I, I just think kind of to your point about Christmas, we spent more time in church growing up around Holy Week. And for me, I sang in the church choir. And so we were there Thursday night and we were there Friday and we were there Saturday night and we were there Sunday. And so 
just for me personally, I feel like I've always had to fight a little more of getting lost in the, the cultural celebration of Christmas and losing the Jesus part of that celebration. I have to fight for that a little bit more, whereas it comes more naturally at Easter yeah. just to, to celebrate what Jesus has done for us. I don't get caught up in other things as much as I do at Christmas time. Absolutely. Um, what about with your boys? What do you do? So, unfortunately with my boys, I think their idea of, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Easter might be a little different than mine because again, we're, we're just church people. <laughs> so Jess has always done a phenomenal job of getting them uh, baskets of stuff. So they always get stuff to kind of, not open, but just kind of candies and things of that nature. Um, I just like she'll buy them an Easter pajama outfit. I mean, she's all <laughs> over the place. Um, so I love that we, we get to do that. And then again, it's church, which I just feel like the gathering on Easter is the, the, the big thing. And then normally after Easter, we get together with family and mm -hmm. it's just hanging out, showing everybody what you got in your basket. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. We still do an Easter egg hunt every year. Do you? And um, we still have not had a year I think ever where we have found all of the Easter eggs and these are like hard-boiled Easter eggs that we died the day before and like okay. then they get hidden and you have to find the ones that you died and almost every year sometime in the fall my mom will discover a gross smelling hard-boiled Easter egg that <laughs> never got found. They sell Easter. plastic ones. <laughs> yeah, oh, but no, they, you can just put it together. But you don't get to dye those. <laughs> I will say, I, I heard this, and we might do this next year, I don't know. One, one of the churches, um, a friend of mine was talking about, they do an adult Easter egg hunt. Yeah, we should do that. Where the prizes are not just like token candies. Like it's. I would do it for beyond. nothing just for the sake <laughs> of the cards hunt. And, um, yeah, I have a friend that actually does that with their family also, but as a church, how cool would that be? They say they get thousands of people to show up to their adult use. <laughs> get the right prizes. Right. People go crazy for a free t-shirt at a sports do. game. They so. absolutely <laughs> do. They absolutely yeah. do. Well, we um, are wrapping up with Easter, this come and see series that we've been We've really been in it, I think, six weeks now. It's been a longer series, which still I think is funny. Because, yeah. again, we thought this would be a three-week-long series. And so I just thought kind of as we wrap the series up, I wanted to have a conversation about why like Easter is the crux of what we're inviting people to come and see. So I know that's a really big question that can go in a lot of di different directions, yeah. but you're a pastor. Yeah, um, I, think, I think well on my feet, uh, but I'm sitting down, <laughs> so I don't know how well this is going to go. Um, so really we extended this series really intentionally as we were studying through it. Um, this story of the resurrection is a very come and see story, right? You, you have the angel who's the first kind of person at the empty tomb to announce the risen savior. And there's an invitation by the angel to come and see, mm -hmm. which I love. I love. And I wish we had more time. And I always say that because I would, I would love to juxtapose the picture of the friends of Lazarus. If you've been with us a couple weeks, you'll catch us. If not, you have to go back and do some review. The friends of Lazarus who are mourning his death, they said, come and see when they were pointing Jesus to the death of Lazarus. Like, here's the dead body. Mm -hmm. Uh, the angel is like, no, he ain't there no more. Come and see the proof that what was once dead is now alive. And I think it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And I want to re-preach my message, but there's just such a power in this angel's ability, uh, this, this picture that, to be invited into the life that Jesus offers. Like death has been defeated. And then 
um, the come and see of uh, Mary Magdalene, who, you know, is the one person in that whole crew that really, if, if, if it's about merit, probably didn't deserve to be the first, and yet she was, because of the grace of God, she's the first to then inform a whole group of these men who we've made heroes out of that were really just common men. Hey, come and see, Jesus is who he says he is. Like, it's just a phenomenal come and see moment. And then ultimately for us, uh, even as I was doing a study and prep for this Sunday, the, the, the biggest come and see moment is in a moment where uh, the disciples were doubting mm -hmm. and they weren't sure. And Jesus shows up several times. If you read the, the, the you know, throughout the Synoptic Gospels, you see Jesus shows up multiple times to just say, in the middle of your doubt, come and see. One time extending his nail-scarred hands and physically telling them, touch my wounds. Uh, it just wraps this series up perfectly. It's done a phenomenal job. Uh, uh, it's done a really good job of just framing what it means to come and see. Like, he has been inviting us in. We should be inviting other people in. Not because it's the cool thing, not just because of, we, you know, I, I love community. I think it's a beautiful byproduct. But there's life, there's hope, there's purpose, there's reason. That's all found in the person of Jesus. And it's a great way to sum up the Holy Week. Really, it's come and see. Mm -hmm. And I think there's that, um, we can get this idea of, come and see Jesus. Like some of these stories we've talked about, they still thought he was a prophet. You could say, come and see this good teacher. Come and see this person who could pray and there were miracles. But once you get to Easter, it's come and see the Messiah. That like, he's unlike anyone Absolutely. who has lived before or will live since. Like that to me is why Easter is the crux of all of this yeah. because that's what makes it different. Like I can say, come and see this great teacher and you might learn something, but if you come and see Jesus, he's going to change your life. Yeah, I was reminded of that passage that says, um, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You have this heralder who comes and he brings news, inviting people to receive the person of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. If you remember in the story of um, the death of Jesus, there's this moment where the guards are shocked that the, the stone is rolled away, they're just, taken aback so they run back to tell the council and the first thing the council says is make sure you tell the people that the body was stolen because they did everything they could to keep the news from getting out mm -hmm. now of course it failed miserably and we're 2,000 years later celebrating uh, the, the the news that Jesus resurrected from the dead but I still think our job is the heralder like we are those whose feet should be beautiful with the bringing of the good news that people are transformed otherwise I do think if we're not vocal if we're not actively inviting people to come and see the goodness of God the the, the council wins right like mm -hmm. that that doubter that that thought that's trying to, to kind of quiet the voice of the, the Messiah returning and bringing transformation, I think that voice wins. Yeah, so I feel like one of the things that we maybe don't always do well in our time and culture is we move on from things and we kind of just let them become forgotten. And um, 
that, that can happen with Easter, that can happen with a six-week series. So as we get ready to move on, what would be your hope for people to just hang on to from the last six weeks? Yeah, I think all of this has been um, designed. I think the Spirit of God is really preparing. Now, I'll, I'll first speak to our church community. So for those of you who call Center City home, mm -hmm. I think this whole series has been prepared to put us in a different place. Um, we, we are moving from uh, people who've been transformed to people who are a part of the transformation process and others. Mm -hmm. I, I'm convinced that that is the pinnacle of our faith. The objective of our faith is not just that we would live good. I think the objective of our faith is that we would invite others to life and in that we find satisfaction for ourselves, for our children, we find purpose, we find direction. When life becomes about us, there is a tendency uh, you know, to grow stagnant in that. And I, I don't know, I, we've talked um, at length about so many different people within the scope of our personal history where when the spotlight becomes about personal advancement and personal success, it becomes overwhelming, it becomes, there's depression steps in, anxiety steps in, every, every next objective becomes this miraculous thing that once we get to it's gonna solve every problem and it never does and it always leaves us empty. But true fulfillment is found when we live for others, when we become about bringing transformation everywhere we go. And I think this series has really served to tell our people, no, the hope of the, of the world is invested in you and they're responding. Like every week I'm being introduced to my friend or my neighbor or my coworker. It has been incredible. Brothers and sisters that have been distant from the Lord coming back to the faith and, and even as silly as it is, Easter egg hunts or um, uh, sharing an Instagram post, we have seen people start making that shift. So as far as our people, that's been the hope and I think that's already kind of happened. And then for those of you who may just be watching and watch consistently, we hope that you have been challenged to be people who are come and see people. That if God has been good, it is our responsibility then to have beautiful feet, to be the people who bring the good news. So that would be my hope. So you're telling me to get a pedicure. Listen, what's, I mean, it's Holy Week, so we got, what, Monday, Thursday just passed. Did you get your pedicure? I did get my feet washed. There you go. <laughs> I also washed feet. There you go. Of other people. Well, I mean, um, yeah. you can't have it all. <laughs> no, that's the whole point. It is, it is, it's absolutely awesome. Um, well, we just really hope that this will be something that doesn't mark a season, but marks a, a change in yeah. all, of, all of our lives, just the way that we think about how we approach running errands or going to school, just whatever it is. Um, so I know for me, like that's something that I hope isn't just a, Absolutely. hey, we did this for six weeks and it was fun, no. um, but hey, this is who we are as we move forward. Well, you even said it, like every one of these stories speaks to different locations and different seasons. Like the woman at the well, we make a huge deal about, it was like a woman at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And yet there's this life-changing transformation where people stream from the cities, but it happened in the everyday. So yeah, I hope that this, has served to change your everyday as it has mine, even in the study and preparation and delivery of a lot of this content. God has really used this season to make some of those changes in me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we will be moving on from come and see, but we would still love for you to come and see. Yeah, look at that, like the transition. Yeah. We'll be here Sunday morning, nine o'clock and 11. We cannot wait to see you then. See you then. <laughs>